The 2007 Hollywood film 300 shows off a dramatized version of the Battle of Thermopylae. In the film, the Spartan myth is shown in all its bare-chested glory. 300 Spartan warriors facing off against a horde of Persians 300,000 strong. Utilizing a narrow mountain path, they hold their ground for three whole days against overwhelming odds, fighting to the bitter end and leaving mountains of slain enemies before them. Although the film takes all kinds of liberty with history, it also gets a lot right. From spear-based hoplite tactics to the suicidal bravery of the Spartan warriors, the film 300 shows off a version of a Spartan warrior that all ancient Spartans would have recognized and tried to emulate. But such battle-trained, chiseled warriors were not just born, they had to be built. The Spartans had a system to create warriors, one that started in childhood. It used extreme violence, ritual starvation, and strict social control to create self-sufficient, loyal, and battle-ready warriors. It wasn't really education, it wasn't really military training. That's because this isn't school, this isn't the army. This is Sparta! In today's episode of Wars of the World, we are covering the life of boys in ancient Sparta and the true-to-life formula of pain and discipline that goes into creating a super soldier. Welcome to Wars of the World. The first thing to appreciate is on one side we have Athens, the rival power of Sparta, a place of trade, democracy, and the arts. Over there, boys would be reciting poetry, singing, playing the lyre and the flute, and discussing philosophy and ethics. By the time they finish their schooling, they'll have learned to read and write, speak in public, think critically and construct arguments as well as take part in sports and some basic combat. All in all, Athenians got a pretty well-rounded education, and not one a million miles away from the kind you can get today. Now, forget about all of that. We're not in Athens anymore. This is Sparta, and it is not going to be nice. No school in the modern day, no matter how strict or how cruel, is anything like this. Yes, you'll learn how to read and write, but teachers won't waste time on that, nor will they bother with poetry and music. Instead, you'll be learning to survive in the cold, feed yourself when starving, and fight to defend yourself. And if that doesn't sound good to you, best not to complain. Those who did were flogged, often to the very brink of death. So, as a Spartan boy, let's look briefly at your life before embarking on the living nightmare that was school. The period around birth is often the most dangerous time in one's life. You'd have the usual gauntlet of untreatable diseases and complications to face, but now with an added challenge, judgy old men. 
See, you would be presented to the elders, a group of men over 60 years old who ran the whole Spartan state. They would judge your health and based on their impression, determine whether you lived or died. If not considered healthy, babies were not nurtured or supported, but left in the wild, exposed to the elements to die. We don't know how many young children were murdered in this fashion, but we do know that the practice was central to the Spartan system, who were the only Greek states to formalize the process as a basic rite of passage. Let's say you were lucky enough to be born with red cheeks and a loud cry. The elders likes the cut of your jib and you live to survive another day. Now you get to enjoy what might well be the best years of your life. You'll be left in your mother's care. Don't expect warm baths or excessive food. All that's far too luxurious for any self-respecting Spartan, but still make the most of this time with a loving family. It will not last. That's because on the day of their seventh birthday, young boys would be sent to school, where they will spend the next 13 years of their lives, never returning home once. Handed over to the Agoge, the part school, part military boot camp, you'd be leaving the care of your parents and entering the care of your schoolmaster. Experienced men who have proven their strength and valor in battle and outside of it, your schoolmaster would be your guardian and your god, empowered legally to challenge you in any way he saw fit, to punish you however he thought necessary. If you die under his care, he will not be punished. Spartan boys were, unsurprisingly, very polite to this man. Managing an entire egalai or herd of boys could involve a lot of punishing. To help the schoolmaster with his workload were a staff of men, charmingly known as rod bearers. These guys walked around holding wooden sticks and whips, ready to punish any child who stepped out of line. These fellas didn't just hold these weapons for show either. We have one account from the famed Athenian philosopher and historian Plutarch. He was in Sparta and happened to witness the yearly ritual whipping of schoolboys. And yes, you heard me right. All the boys in school, whether seven or 17, were whipped every year. Plutarch describes how, stood in front of the temple of Artemis Orthia among a crowd of onlookers, the boys were whipped by the rod bearers one by one. If they cried out in pain or fear, they received yet more lashes until a number were so wounded they lay silent, enduring, and close to death. Anyway, this was your new home. Communal living, communal sleeping, communal eating, and highly scheduled regimented activities from dawn until dusk. No bed, no proper food, no rest. It truly does sound closer to a North Korean work camp than your average primary and secondary school. And so it would remain for over a decade until you'd graduate and either join the military as a foot soldier or the dreaded Creptoria, the secret police who terrorized Sparta's large population of slaves. But that is years away and we haven't really gotten started. Let's look at the important aspects of life and how they were dealt with in the herd, how you will dress, what you will eat, what you will study, and finally, how you and your fellow Spartan children relax.
When starting your education, you'll enjoy the privilege of owning a few items of clothing at first. When you reach 12 years old, however, that would change. All of your possessions will be taken, and in their place you'll get one item of clothing every 12 months, a dark maroon cloak. Expect to be cold during the winter and disheveled throughout the year. The reason behind this is to harden you to suffering and discomfort, enabling you to cope with long military campaigns, whatever the conditions. On that note, you also won't be given any shoes. The reasoning is similar. Why let your feet get soft and weak in comfy boots when they can get hard and tough? The callous trophies of years spent bruised and thorn punctured. When on campaign, this was just one more thing the Athenians would need that you, a freeborn Spartan warrior, would not. Not having enough clothes can be inconvenient. Not having enough food is literally a form of torture. Well, in the Spartan Agoge, one of the most important tools of the schoolmaster was food, or more accurately, the lack thereof. As a Spartan boy, you will be systematically and routinely deprived of enough food to get you through the day. You will be given some food, a dish here and there. It will be disgusting, but you will be grateful. Consider the one dish most associated with ancient Sparta, a broth suspiciously known as black soup. What was black soup? Well, it got its name from the pig blood it was cooked in, transforming a pot and whatever was bubbling away in it into murky darkness. Anything could have been hidden in it, but common ingredients were chunks of grisly pork and miscellaneous vegetables, all seasoned with nothing more than a little salt and vinegar. This unique dish would be unlikely to get snapped up in school cafeterias today. Still, this disgusting if nutritious dish was better than nothing, and with the menu usually consisting of nothing, Spartan boys had to learn to provide for themselves. They would forage, hunt, and steal anything they could find, roaming far and wide in the process. The appearance of some disheveled, red tunic-wearing boy, half-starved and sleeping rough, was a common sight across the lands of Sparta. I know of no other civilization that was so obsessed with self-sufficiency, discipline, and endurance that they forced their entire upper-class youth to live like starving, homeless drifters. But this is Sparta, and this is how things are done. We mentioned stealing a few moments ago, and interestingly, Spartan boys were actively encouraged to steal. Sparta had a large population of slaves, known as helots, and it ruled over them brutally. Doing the brunt of all the agricultural work Sparta needed, these helots were prime targets to starving young men. Before long, as a Spartan boy, you'd have learned the basics, rushing at market stalls and running off as fast as you could, breaking into locked storehouses, or waiting until the cover of night before breaking into homes all to get those precious calories. All in all, this likely went a bit far. Keeping the snacks on the high shelf of the cupboard is one thing, but starving children is another. Well, there was a logic to it, albeit a cruel one. 
Spartan elders believed that learning to cope with hunger and obtain food, even with no access to supplies, was an indispensable skill for any effective soldier. Adapting to this while still young was hard, even brutal, but it was necessary if Sparta was to defend herself. However, just because stealing was encouraged does not mean you'd be off the hook if caught. If anyone was found to have taken items that weren't theirs, they would be punished terribly. Not only would they be whipped and beaten with rods by the schoolmaster and his rod bearers, but they would be further deprived of food for a period of time. The Spartan students would go to great lengths to avoid the pain and humiliation of being found, as we can glimpse through the famous Plutarch's account. One night, a young boy aged 13 stole a fox from a village near his camp. Unfortunately for him, one of his trainers found him and asked him what he was doing in the village. The boy who had seen the trainer and quickly hidden the fox under his cloak sat still in the ritual pose used when addressing superiors and calmly answered the trainer's questions. He continued to do this even as the fox attempted to escape scratching and biting the boy's chest, literally burrowing into him until the young lad slumped forwards, pale and bleeding out. He would not survive. Clearly, the system either taught the young Spartans to value their honor greatly or to fear their overseers tremendously. This story was told amongst Spartans in order to deliver one simple message. If boys could face death in such ways, then so too, should men. Although much of your day was spent surviving, there was a lot more to Spartan school than scraping together your next meal. You will be taught how to read and to write, but you can forget any overly indulgent playing of instruments or reciting of poetry. As a Spartan, you will be taught the value of silence and directness, learning to speak wisely using few words. Stories from the Greek world are littered with quotes demonstrating the odd, stiff way of talking that resulted from this education. School in Sparta was also a place of singing, even dancing. Both of these activities in the hands of Spartans were transformed into something distinctly warlike. Spartan dancing had far more in common with gymnastics or military drill, being performed en masse by groups of trained boys and men holding weapons. It was part calisthenics, part Prussian goose step, and part Maori hacker. As for the music, Spartans raised their voices to sing while marching, with songs focused on combat, glory, dying honorably in battle, all that kind of stuff. But most of your day would be spent drilling, training with weapons to learn the basics of spear and sword combat, hoplite tactics, and phalanx maneuvers. These exhausting, physically taxing sessions could last hours, even days, with little to no concern given to the student's well-being. After all, the enemy would not invite you to rest while on the field of battle. And so these boys, as young as seven, endured grueling trials of physical endurance, tolerance of pain, and tests of strength, day after day after day.
After an age spent sparring and scavenging in Spartan school, how would you get to let your hair down? Well, firstly, you would have a military-like short haircut, so there isn't much hair to work with. But what about a friendly game of sports? Spartans loved competitive sports and had all kinds of weird and wonderful games to provide further opportunities to harden young men and teach them the value of bravery, aggression, and competition. One was a game, part American football, part mixed martial arts, known as the Great Melee. This sport was played between two streams with the aim of driving your opponent's team into the water. Scrumming, hacking, punching, biting, even eye gouging. All of this was permitted. No ball, no rules, just two groups of men fighting en masse. It doesn't get more Spartan than that. Another game involved a barefoot marathon, but with an interesting twist. Before beginning the race, the Spartan boys were made to take a mouthful of water. Then, during the entire distance of the run, the participants were forced to hold that water in their mouths, spitting it out at the end as proof of their failure or success. Imagine that on a hot summer's day. Trust the Spartans to invent a way to make running even harder. But of course, I wouldn't be doing my job without mentioning the strangest sport of all, the cheese race. In this one, a boy would have to run up to a cheese, seize it, and flee. Easy enough, but the cheese was guarded by a mob of defending boys and men, armed with projectiles and weapons, striking out at the plucky cheese stealer. In truth, it seems oddly similar to the naval punishment, the running of the gauntlet, employed by the British Royal Navy. You can check that out, along with a number of other shocking naval punishments in the link below. Only instead of sailors being punished for breaking rules, it was young boys doing the same thing for cheese. As for sleep, you'd need to be tough to get much of it. Spartan youths often slept on the porticos of public buildings. They had no beds, instead lying on mattresses they made themselves, pulling reeds out of the river to use. Given no knives and forced to do this by hand, the process often left them with cuts and lacerations running through their palms. So, are you excited to start school? Undoubtedly, schooling in Sparta was unquestionably horrendous and deserves to be condemned as abusive in a nasty, systematic way. Don't forget, the Spartan state was a centralized, militaristic hermit kingdom, cutting itself off from all people who it could not conquer. It was incredibly secretive, writing nothing down to ensure the precise nature of its military tactics and training would remain hidden from potential enemies. And Sparta was also a slave state, and an incredibly cruel one. For every one free Spartan, there were 10 helots, Greeks conquered centuries ago, who lived in fear of these cruel, crazed Spartan laws. Imagine going through all of that suffering just so you can protect that. And Sparta did need protecting. Its educational system was the primary method to keep itself alive. With competing Greek city-states and the abused slave underclass yearning for freedom, Spartans had enemies everywhere. Its men had to be the best of the best to ensure nobody would dare challenge them. There was another side to it too. 
In its schools, Sparta sought to replicate its culture, creating a warrior not just effective on the battlefield, but who exemplified morality through his actions, not unlike the chivalric code of medieval knights. Spartan society was undoubtedly harsh. The agoge, the part school, part military boot camp, is the embodiment of that hard way of living, taking boys at a young age to brutalize and break them, and hardening their bodies and fortifying their minds. The training was designed to ensure they obeyed commands, endured hardships, and conquered in battle. In this, it succeeded, creating some of the bravest and most powerful warriors of world history, men whose legendary actions in the field of battle are told to this very day, as we continue to see in Hollywood. It also amounted to little more than a concentration camp to which the nation sent their own children. And there you have the truth of Spartan childhood. Please leave a comment down below with your own thoughts and reactions to the process, and remember to like this video and subscribe to support the channel. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next time.